listening to the Always Be Booked Caribbean Cruise and Orlando Vacation Cruise Cast with your host, Tommy Casabona. All aboard and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Always Be Booked Cruise Cast show coming to you not quite live from Orlando, Florida. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to find, download, and listen to the show as we cover anything and everything relating to cruising. At the top of the show, as usual, would like to encourage you to subscribe to us on iTunes. Same thing on Stitcher if you don't have an iPhone or wherever else you prefer. Uh, please also rate and review and share with your friends. Have them do the same. We are looking to kind of, I guess, increase the listenership of this show every week and you absolutely can help us out by that by sharing us in whatever cruise groups you're in or any on facebook or whatever you know entity you kind of consume as far as social media please let people know if you like the episode or if you really if, if this is the type of thing that helps you pass through the day you know i know we all I don't know where you listen to your podcasts, whether it's on your commute or it's at the gym or it's when you're supposed to be working. You know, we all like for that little escape and, you know, that little mindless stuff that can kind of keep you occupied. And I have a bunch of podcasts that I'm a fan of, too. Hopefully this is one of yours. And if it is and you do like it, please, like I said, don't hesitate to share it with somebody. Uh, Also, I wanted to steer you guys to the Always Be Booked Cruisers Lounge, which is a Facebook group, a closed Facebook group, a very exclusive Facebook group. The only thing is everybody's invited. So you just got to ask to join. And if you guys hit that uh, join button, I will, the minute I see that you're in there, I will accept you. We got over 100 uh, members right now, and it's a real cool community. It's an active community, and, I, and I'm very, very happy. You know, I'm not necessarily obsessed with the size of the group. I just hope there's more interactivity with it. Also, uh, Tommy at Always Be Booked. We started the segment a couple of months ago as far as being able to read emails that come in. Having enough emails to be able to read and kind of rely on that to be a segment is important to me, and it's kind of flattering to me as well that they're coming in, but I got to kind of keep harassing you guys to keep the emails coming. It could be anything. It could be a con- comment. It could be a concern. It could be a question. Question's probably the best. could also be a correction a suggestion about the show. It could be a funny story. Anything you guys want. Break my chops. I just want this to be interactive, which is why I kind of went over to the Facebook group from the Facebook page because I not only do I want to interact with you guys, I want you guys to have a little bit of a community where you guys can interact with each other as well. Um, all right, I want to give a shout-out to listener Andrea. Andrea, big shout-out to you because a few weeks back you recommended a book to me called Cruise Confidential by David uh, Brian David Bruns. And since I've been commuting so much, what I do, I don't necessarily read a lot. I do here and there, but I used to read more, but I just don't anymore. Uh, I'm just always on the go, and time is an issue, but I am in the car a lot. And since I started commuting two and a half hours each way twice a week to uh, another, I guess, opportunity that I have, I was like, you know what, let me pop it in there. And uh, I'll tell you what, so so fascinating i'm glad to hear i got it right we did the cruising underworld episode a few weeks ago as well and uh that kind of you know it added a lot to it and it kind of gave you a little bit more of a clearer picture you can kind of picture it a little bit better with that but yeah a lot of the stuff that we talked about on cruising underworld because i didn't know that this book and that's the reason for email because you i guess you it was in response to hearing the underworld episode but i didn't know about this book prior to that and i can't thank you enough for turning me on to that 
Uh, I had a bunch of reactionary thoughts that I had jotted down, and I was going to share them with you on this particular show, but I scrapped that idea because of two reasons. One, I wanted to give you a sp- I didn't I, I wanted to give you a spoiler alert, a spoiler alert and let you guys know that uh, the the many of you who have not read the book or who aren't aware of the book I'm going to put that out to you you know what I mean we're going to talk about this book uh, in the next weeks to come and if you want to be in on that discussion I would suggest and either way <laughs> even if you don't want to be in on that discussion if you have any interest in cruising whatsoever I highly recommend you checking out this book I mean I couldn't stop I couldn't quote unquote put it down I didn't want to turn it off I got a two and a half hour drive and I wanted it to be a four hour drive because I was locked in I wanted to hear what was going to happen next if you didn't know it's briefly it's the story of an American guy who becomes the first American on a carnival ship to go through the entire training process and complete a contract. There's some other books after that I haven't gotten to, um, mainly because I'm busy, but more mainly because they're not available on audiobook, and I'm not, I'm not ready. I'm not, I can't sit down and read a book right now. I just don't have the time. But I, I am interested in, in in eventually reading that. But more along the lines of just getting into this book, uh, I, it's just a fascinating thing, and it's just. So interesting to hear, and it kind of, like I said, being dabbling in that wild lifestyle and you know running bars and nightclubs, and especially in the time I started doing it, when it, which it was way wackier then than it is now, and just kind of being familiar with that lifestyle, I know what savages at sea these people are. I mean, when you are, have so much a demanding work schedule and for so little pay and so little i guess recognition you're there it's the military it's a it's like a militaristic type of uh, environment when it's time to let your hair down you're going to let your hair down and i mean the booze the sex the partying the everything the i mean the mafia system everything the whole thing in there is just so fascinating and again like somebody said and i'm sorry i forgot who said this but they wrote in response to your email andrea they had also been familiar with the book and she said and if you're listening right now i'm so sorry i forgot who actually said this to me but they said they will never look at the crew the same way again and uh that's damn sure. That's damn sure true. You don't look at the same way. You don't look at the crew the same way again after you read this book. I de- definitely recommend it. And more good news. So the other reason I started, I stopped talking about it, and I decided not to, I guess, analyze and review the book on this episode was because I actually said, "Screw it. Let me reach out to this guy." I reached out to Brian David Bruns, and he was seemed very very open to coming on the show and discussing the book as well. So, um fairly certain that we'll be able to hit up Brian David Bruns with a line of questioning and ask him directly about this book and maybe some more details that didn't come through the book that we'll be able to get out of Brian uh, when we hopefully have him on the show. We spoke briefly back and forth via Facebook chat. And I'm hoping we can make that happen, and we could hope that hoping hoping that becomes a reality. And I think that is going to be an absolute can't miss episode. Speaking of can't miss episodes, if you didn't hear the one from last week, I want to give a big thank you to Doug Parker from CruiseRadio.net. He was in town in my area, and we kind of caught up, had a couple of drinks. We're like, you know what? Let's record a cast. You know what I mean? Let's throw the mic on, see what happens. And that's what we did. We went in the office uh, where I worked and uh, turned the mic on. I just started a discussion back and forth about just some cruising stories. It wasn't anything particularly organized. The sound quality was wacky because, you know, my place has a mechanical bull and it was just weird listening to it back. You hear shrieks of horror because people are riding the bull and screaming while they're, you know. And I'm like, all right, whatever. But 
The sound quality isn't the best, but don't let the sound quality throw you off. The sound quality always throws you off in the first 10 seconds. And then by then, after that, you're focused on the content and the context of what they're saying, and that kind of throws that. And you kind of forget that the sound quality is different from it ever was in the first place. So definitely check out that episode. And a big thank you to Doug. It was an absolute pleasure to pick the brain of someone who is uh, one of the best that ever did it in this industry. So Definitely check that out. All right, so let's get into the cruise news. We spoke a few weeks back about the USVI putting a task force together to evaluate and improve the cruising experience. In a mini follow-up, I'm learning that this is because there has been some guest dissatisfaction surrounding the port, and I find that really interesting since St. Thomas is probably my favorite port of all the ports in the Caribbean, and I'm sure it's, I think it's most people's top five. Uh, apparently, the two major complaints are the traffic, and I'm not sure what you could do about that since it just means it's a very popular and bustling port of call, and the lack of water transportation in the area. Governor Key, uh, Kenneth Maps of the USVI hosted a town hall meeting with the topic being all things cruise ships. He urged everyone who has any interest whatsoever to show up. And what the general consensus is, is that the main reason for the dissatisfaction is simply put their inability to effectively move people, whether it's from Crown Bay over to St. John, uh, whether it's Water Island to throughout the streets. There's just too much congestion. And this is the second tar- time this story has come up, so they seem to be taking this issue very seriously. The main solution that keeps coming up is that there needs to be some sort of a ferry system, an improved ferry system that runs between both cruise terminals, Water Island, and downtown Charlotte Amalie. Uh, Governor Mapp also said that this is expected expected to be in place by the end of the year, and um uh, I don't know. All this negativity is news to me because I'm there once a year and I don't see an issue, but... I mean, then again, I'm mostly drunk. Uh, this is coming from data collected by the cruise ships. Uh, they say passengers are spending more time on the ship because they feel like they have seen all that there is to see there at the port. And just that versus trying to get around the port just makes them say, screw it, and let's just stay on the ship. And I actually saw this kind of firsthand, I can say, because I do have a friend that works in uh, Senior Frogs on St. Thomas and at one time when I used to go there it was just this zoo this what's everything you think about senior frogs people on the bar people dance and I'm sure it does have its moment to pe- moments depending upon what ship is in town but when I saw there when I was there I saw a completely different version of what I was used to seeing everybody was there kind of had a little bit of a depressed look on their face I'm not saying the place was empty but It did have just a pure restaurant crowd. And you looked at the ships that had ported right in front of you. It's Princess Cruise Lines and um, I think it was Holland America that was there. Uh, And what are you getting off those ships? It's They definitely skew uh, the demographic is is older, you know, not necessarily the party crowd. And then you have your big mega ships that are, you know, forced to go to Crown Bay, which is all the way, you know, probably a mile, two miles away from there. So... What is Senior Frogs going to do? That's going to affect their pocket, and they're going to, you know, kind of go into a little bit of a, uh, you know, a feeling like, you know, the people are just, like, not 
enjoying the port and in particular that venue like they used to. And I also wonder, uh, with the increased presence of the mega ship nowadays, where you just simply can't see and do everything that's on the ship, does that affect how long people stay on the shore for? Now, I know people cited the traffic, and I know people cited the fact that they feel like they saw everything there is to see, but could that just be like a subconscious reason that you stay on the ship? You're not going to see everything that there is to see on Oasis of the Seas in a seven-day sailing, right? So, I mean, if you feel like you've been on St. Thomas for a couple, or any port for that matter, if you've been there more than two or three times and, you know, maybe you deal deal with some traffic and some hassle when you get off the ship and maybe there's nothing that's blowing you away that you want to get to when you get there and you have this structural wonder that you just want to make sure you get a chance to discover and that's the new thing too on these mega ships. Take advantage of the port days because of the fact that it does empty out a little bit. So maybe people are kind of having that mindset a little bit more. But that could be the reason. I don't know. This same thing also goes for uh, the USV port, USVI port of St. Croix. They're also going to have a task force put together out there to analyze how things can get better over that way. Royal Caribbean, interestingly enough, also said they plan to increase their stops over in St. Croix. But they also warn that guest satisfaction will play a major role as to what level. Look at that. Royal Caribbean dangling the carrot to St. Croix, basically saying, get your shit together. We'll play ball. Do you think that opportunity is coming at all because of their hinting at getting away from Jamaica a little bit? You guys have heard that episode. And uh, when I did Cruise Regions, we did a new story that um, Jamaica uh, was having a little bit of an issue. Jamaica and Royal Caribbean were battling a little bit, and Royal Caribbean was threatening to take was definitely taking some sailings out of there but also threatening to take more out of there is that kind of like a little bit of a carrot dangled there i know it's eastern versus western but is saint croix going to be the beneficiary of foulmouth jamaica not getting a lot of the, the 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 calls that previously a lot of the royal caribbean ships made I don't know. We'll see. Um, check out the Cruise Regions episode a few weeks ago if you have any questions about, you know, like I said, the Royal Caribbean versus Jamaica situation. Uh, moving on, Royal Caribbean is creating a program to better educate travel agents. As a travel agent myself who has not sold one piece of travel whatsoever, <laughs> this is exciting news. And I'm looking forward to seeing what it's all about. Uh, just a side update, guys. The travel agent thing is going to happen. I am very, very excited about it, and it's going to launch very soon. I do want to make sure it's done right. And what I also want to do is be able to distinguish myself from the way most people sell cruises. Of course, you can be an online home-based travel agent. Anybody can do it. And I'm sure there's tons and tons of good ones out there. I know there are tons and tons of good ones out there. But what I don't want to do is fall into the rabbit hole of what everybody else is doing. I do have an idea of the angle that I want to take it in that will distinguish me, but it is still a work in progress. And I know those of you saying, yeah, 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 we've been hearing about this thing forever. Stay tuned. You're going to be surprised. Anyway, uh, the travel agent, I guess, uh, elevated education system for travel agents from Royal Caribbean. It's going to be a visual, mobile-friendly way for travel agents to get fully up to speed, and they can earn a degree by completing the coursework. That's awesome and interesting. I wonder if you get a cap and gown with this. Do I get to walk and receive a diploma and have my fam- friends and family? To- can I throw the cap Can I throw the uh, cap all the way up in the air when I graduate? Um, all right, series of bad jokes. Apparently, they're calling this RCU. 
Speaking of bad puns, I'll let you guess what that stands for, RCU. And it'll be made of three different levels. First is the campus tour. The second, you know, the campus tour, I'm sure you just kind of visit maybe a couple of ships and visit the facility. Uh, Two is the Bachelor of Adventure. And uh, three is the Masters of Adventure. Very, very cute. Um, How is there no Doctor of Adventure, though, right? Anyway, it seems pretty cool. Upon completion, travel agents could be eligible for a bunch of perks, including onboard credit when they cruise, seminars at sea, and even a trip on the inaugural sailing of the Symphony of the Seas, which would be absolutely amazing. Uh Moving over to Carnival. Carnival announced that pop star Nick Jonas, as I could hear a collective scream from uh, all the uh, females listening to the podcast. (laughs) Uh, Nick Jonas is the latest addition to the Carnival Live family, and he will be performing on the Carnival Liberty on November 17th and the Carnival Victory on the 18th. These shows will take place while the ship is docked in Nassau. So all you Nassau haters, you guys have another reason not to get off the ship, despite us discovering a couple of months ago on this show that Nassau actually doesn't suck, at least not as much as you thought it did. Clearly not one of the greatest thinkers of the generation, Nick was able to muster up the following stimulating and profound statement. Quote, This will be my first time performing on a cruise ship, which I'm really excited about because it's so different than any other venue. I'm looking forward to seeing and performing for my fans that will be there, said Nick Jonas. Seeing for, as opposed to your fans that won't be there uh i don't know i don't know what you expecting of him to weigh in on the north korea situation it's nick jonas all right so i guess what we're going to get to now is i guess some i, I don't want to say negative news yeah yeah some of it is just downright nasty awful bad news but some of it's just negative news in general and is it me or does negative cruise news seem to come in waves i feel like a bad story happens and then maybe all the news outlets kind of clamor to look to because I guess maybe it does well. So if something happens at sea, it just seems like people they love to just pile on the cruise industry. I don't know why. It's just such an easy target for people who want to, I don't know, just talk shit about it. But I guess when a bad story comes out, those stories do so well that maybe the news outlets kind of look, okay, so what else is going on? People seem to like this negative cruising crap. What else is going on? Or maybe not. Maybe it's just that uh, bad things happen in threes or bad things happen in, 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 in bunches. But anyway, let's talk about this kid who jumped into the pool from the above deck. I know it's a little bit of old news now, but we never touched on it, and uh, I wanted to kind of weigh in a little bit on it. Now, I believe it's just a commentary on society that is out there today. There's such a high premium that is placed on just getting people's attention. And that's what this kid was trying to do. This kid was polished. He had a brand. He had an intro to the video. He had it edited into the actual act and then an outro. Now, I've not not seen the channel. I don't know if he has a channel or 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 a website or whatever, but this was an actual production. And the kid had, you know, he, he he had a plan in doing this. It wasn't just you know, like me. I would have just jumped off the damn thing and laughed about it. But this kid wanted to put it out there, and he wanted to get views for it. I'm not advocating this. I'm not saying it's advisable. I'm saying it's wrong, and it should not happen. And in no way, shape, or form am I defending it. And I know you can all hear the butt coming. But honestly speaking, it is something I absolutely would have done at that age. Uh <laughs> 
If you think some of my cruise stories are wacky, a lot of people request the stories. They want to hear the stories about you know the wacky cruise endeavors and this and that. But if you think some of those cruise stories as a, as an adult are bad, if I could tell you some of the mischief that I caused in my adolescent years, I'm gonna say from the years of between like eleven and maybe fifteen, uh, it was nothing hurtful or harm to or any way. But what I did was just me and my friends. We just we were committed to disrupting society in any way, shape, or form we possibly could. And, uh, I mean, we would just try to do just mischievous stuff, all mostly innocent. Sometimes we took it a little far, but it would mostly be all in good fun. But we just had so much fun, and, yeah, we, we just we terrorized. Uh, but this kid is a borderline pro. Uh, as far as the parents go, I know that's a polarizing subject. People want to blame the parents. I personally don't think you can really blame the parents for what happened on the ship the day of. Because uh, what are you going to do? You're going to stare at the kid 24 hours a day. You're going to follow him around the ship, and you're not going to take your eye on him. If, you know, you have a gut feeling that if you look away for one second, he's going to jump. It's not reasonable. But you can argue the fact that they're just shitty parents in general for lack, lifelong lack of discipline. Uh, and that maybe in some way emboldened the kid to pull off the stunt that he did. Uh, but what are you supposed to do off that? Not go on vacation because your kid might try to do something crazy? I don't think so. Listen, I'm not advocating it. If Carnival wants to ban these people for life, I have no problem with that. I don't think that that's not – I don't think that it's fair. The kid did what he did, and it was a stupid thing that he did. And uh, he should be punished for it. And if the family has to suffer for that as well, then so be it. I got no issue with them uh, punishing them for it. But at the same time, like I said, it's done. It's over. There was no harm. Again, you don't want to set a precedence where people can just start doing this whenever they want. But I don't know. Also, where do you draw the line? Remember the guy who spent a year casing out the World Trade Center and eventually found a way to do an unsanctioned high-wire walk from one tower to the other? I mean, that guy is a hero, and they made multiple movies about him. I'm not trying to compare the two. The kid is not comparable to that. He jumped into a pool, but where is the line? This guy could have done something that was a complete disaster. He could have fallen off that high-wire, and he could have been splattered all over the streets in New York City, causing Dozens and dozens of people having to go to counseling for years to come, seeing the scene that could have went from it. And that guy could have caused a lot of harm. And he, in his mind, took it upon himself, said, nah, I got this. It'll be fine. Similar to what the kid did. Again, it's a different scale, you know. The guy's basically ended up being a hero. And this kid's just, and his parents are being vilified. But, again, it isn't the same family of acts. You know what I'm saying? Tell me if you think I'm wrong. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Please, I need your emails. Let me know. Weigh in on that. Also, you got to admit, this kid probably killed it in the teen club that night, right? He should have got his own table in the Circle C or whatever it is. Uh, He should have been VIP. Hawaiian Punch bottle service. Is Hawaiian Punch still a thing? I don't even know. I know I'm old. How about Ovaltine? I remember Ovaltine as a kid. That was a real treat at Grandpa's house. You know what I mean? Day at Grandpa's, you're riding around on the training wheels. You take the training wheels off finally. You're, now you're riding your bike without the training wheels. You feel good about yourself. You come in and you have your glass of milk, and your Grandpa says, two spoons of Ovaltine. Put it in. But Grandpa, I want another spoon. Two spoons. That's it. That's what you get. That's the treat. Ovaltine and a mixture of uh, that smell of Bactine. 
because you're sitting there bleeding all the arm and knee lacerations from falling off your bike 20 times. I mean, I I watch these kids, like, as you see videos, and I have a lot of friends who have kids now and just in general kids. They, they, you see these parents sprinting alongside the kid who just has his training wheels taken off, and God forbid this kid falls on the floor. I mean, come on, let the kid fall. You gotta, you gotta let the kid live a little bit. I mean, I, uh, you gotta, you gotta have your bumps and bruises. You know, I got them, and I'm just sitting there. I'm happy, man. I got all bruises, I got cuts, scratches, but now I know I can freaking ride a two wheeler, and I got my oval team. I get a lot. I get a lot of anxiety thinking about me as a kid and the shit I used to climb. I mean, thinking about having kids. I don't have any kids, but I'd be a wreck. I think of the shit I used to climb and how many roofs and trees I probably should have fell out of, out of control. I remember my roof. I used to climb up my roof, and it was a death-defying jump. I climbed up the stoop all the way up, and there was a railing on top of the stoop. So the stoop is about 8 feet high. Then the railing is about another 4 feet high. I climbed to the top of that railing, and I'm trying to get on my roof, which is slanted to the side shingle, slippery, horrible traction shingle. And, uh... You feel like you're invincible. I'm standing on the top of this railing, and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go for it. What so easily could have happened is you bounce off that roof and fall back, hit your head on the railing, and fall 15 feet to the floor. Or you can make it, but the slope and the slipperiness is so is so so much that you roll off the side of the roof. You fall down 20 feet. All this stuff could have happened, but I made it, and I made it the next time, and the next time after that, and the 20 times after that, each Never getting any less dangerous, climbing trees, who knows? I was, I'm gonna, I was going to the top of the freaking tree that I can go to. And I was, you know, yeah, this true branch seems safe. I'm just saying I would be a nervous wreck. I get, I get anxiety thinking about it. And just, if I had a kid, I would I would be too much. I would be like, I would never let the damn kid out of my sight. Um, All right, so that's that. Uh, Moving on to the next story. I don't want to spend a ton of time on this next story because, A, it's just sad and depressing on so many levels, and, B, because there's just not a lot out there on it. It involves loss of life and unimaginable pain for the relatives of the families for years to come. So after 18 years of marriage, Kenneth Manzanares killed his wife, Christy, on board a princess cruise ship that was doing a sailing from Seattle to Alaska. This was a cruise where they were celebrating their 18th wedding anniversary and they were sailing with their two children and their entire extended family. Apparently, this marriage wasn't perfect, uh, but you have to know there was. You have to assume there was some level of, of love there because in you know they're on a cruise ship. It's their anniversary. They're celebrating the 18 years. They have two children together and their whole family is on it with them. Witnesses say that there seemed to be a little bit of a disturbance or a little bit of trouble. It was a little unsettling at dinner because Kenneth was acting in a very bizarre manner. He was very irritated, and people heard Christy uh, getting upset and mentioning that she wanted a divorce. So fast forward later in the night, uh, she was discovered not breathing with a large head wound. The most bizarre part of this whole story is that a witness went to the cabin, and I don't know who this witness was and how they got access to the cabin, whether it was a stranger and the door was open or whether it was a family member and they had the key card to get in. But he was, when the when the witness walked in, they saw him dragging her, her already deceased body, out to the balcony. I don't know what was going to happen there. Maybe he was going to throw her overboard or something. But when the witness got to the cabin, he saw the witness and reversed the direction and brought her back into the cabin and looked at the witness and simply said, 
she wouldn't stop laughing at me. I mean, that's all I have. And it would seem that there would be some sort of a mental illness there. Yeah, gee, shocker, Tommy. Of course, do you think so? Of course, there's a mental illness there, but a little bit of a different level of a mental illness because, you know, I would never, I couldn't hit a woman, let alone fathom doing something like this. But you hear people in fits of rage or jealous rage or something like that. This just seemed like he felt belittled and felt uh, abused by her, like mentally abused. And she was laughing at him. And that was too much for him to bear. And he ended up doing the unthinkable. So I don't know, man. All you get, It's an awful, sad story. And all you can do is keep the rest of the family in your thoughts and prayers. And, uh, man, it's just another thing that Princess has to deal with. And... You know, the PR situation as far as cruising and, you know, somehow people like to relate this. Oh, don't go on a cruise. People get murdered. But that can happen at any vacation. And that's not the point. That's not what people should be focusing on. This is a seemingly completely normal family having some absolute tragedy. Imagine the children and the, and the, other, and the family members having to negotiate and wrap their head around how this happened. Uh, I'm going to move on now because I don't want to talk about this anymore, but I do want to give it its just due and put it out there and not let it go unmentioned. And again, like I said, all you can do is just keep, you know, for as much as you can, whatever part of your day, you can just keep, keep, just think about, you know, the, the how life precious, how precious life is and, you know, give a little thought and prayer to the, the people in the in the in, in, in the family, you know, and, and the kids, especially the kids. It's unimaginable. Um, so we'll move on from there. Uh, moving a couple of notches down from my bucket list is a, a world cruise after this week. And this makes sense because if you're at sea for 104 days on a world cruise, and they, I mean, there's likely a chance that some shit's going to go down, right? I mean, have you seen the world lately? <laughs> so the past week on the Sea Princess, for 10 days straight, the captain ordered lights off and entertainment completely shut down. In a complete blackout. Why, you ask? To avoid a pirate attack. Curtains were drawn. Shutters were closed. Uh, Most lighting on the exterior of the ship was turned down so as to try to attain a level of stealth that would give this ship the ability to slide through a dangerous region of the Caribbean, I'm, I'm sorry, the Indian Ocean, and not be detected by pirates. This went from dusk till dawn for 10 days straight. In addition, there was a drill organized by the captain that was to make guests aware of how to proceed if this attack became a reality. He also publicly flipped out on a few cruisers who refused to participate in the drill because of all reasons, they were wrapped up in a real heated game of bridge. Can you imagine? Is that not hysterical? And also makes so much sense because who do you find on world cruises? Wealthy old people, right? First of all, they're not going to be told what to do. And second of all, they're not afraid of dying at this point. They're sitting there like pirate drill. Are you kidding me? Yeah, you guys have fun with that. I got a good hand here. And uh, by the way, I'm also 90. So (laughs) also the officers of the ship asked the passengers to help out. This is a mistake. By alerting the bridge of any suspicious looking vessels that look to be approaching the ship. And I mean, you got to be kidding me with this. You, you had to know this was a terrible idea. What do you think is going to happen when you, have, when you put that out there uh, to a bunch of retirees? My grandmother would become a professional weather person. And at the first sight of any tropical storm that would hit the Caribbean, we all lived in fear for the next five days because she was batting down the hatches. And we lived in New York City. 
What do you think is going to happen when you're in the middle of the Indian Ocean and they have to look for pirates? <laughs> They're going to be staring out there if they have binoculars. Oh, I think I see one. Call the captain. Uh, the captain quickly and wisely called that off because the phone system almost crashed from all the calls that were coming to the bridge. Uh, here's the part that really would have pissed me off, and it was the statement from the cruise line. Any measures aboard Sea Princess that were were simply taken out of abundance, caution, and in not response to any specific threat that are con- common to international ships sailing in the region. The spokesman said, I would have been like, are you kidding me? You got me hunkering down for 10 nights from dusk till dawn like I'm Anne Frank and you got no specific threat? That's a problem. Anyway, there was no attack and normal onboard activity did resume very shortly. All right, let's get into the main topic for the show, and that is the best, the top 12 Caribbean excursions. All right, so what's this show about? Anything and everything relating to cruising, right? So one of those big topics is shore excursions. We talk about areas of the Caribbean. We talk about areas just within cruising in general, but then we talk about regions. We talk about our favorite things to do in certain ports. But what I wanted to do for the purpose of this show, for anybody who's new to cruising or old to cruising who just hasn't done some of these things, I wanted to put together, I guess, what would be my all-star list for all things shore excursion and i guess what this is is pretty much a top 12 list of what i think you should have on your bucket list and things that you know whether i've done most of them there's a couple i haven't done but there's a couple that are definitely on my bucket list that i absolutely want to do and you know what just flat out i've heard enough good things about these things that i know that they just belong on the list and starting with the first one which is labadee haiti and it's the zip line so this can be considered a little bit of a combo with a i guess a couple of other things royal caribbean has on their private resort in haiti uh, the main the star of this show to me is the zip line but i guess you know the areas are great in certain areas and there will be for other excursions too out of these 12 but when you go to Labadee, you you get on this zip line. It's just out of control. It's called like Dragon's Breath. Also, there is called the Dragon's Tail, which is an alpine roller coaster right in the same proximity. And it's a roller coaster similar to the one, if not identical, to the one I did in uh, Ocho Rios, Jamaica, where you go to the top of a hill. And the roller coaster pretty much works on gravity for the most part. And you're able to apply brakes if it you feel like it's going too fast for you but it you know you're starting at the top of a hill and just the real it's just so scenic and getting back to the zip line i mean you get on this thing it's at the top of a mountain and the, i'm sure the videos and the pictures that i've seen don't even do it justice but if you want to just get why you cruise in a snapshot and i talk about the cruising moment and every time on each cruise i usually have the moment where i'm looking out at the sea or i'm looking out somewhere and i'm just like yes this is why I cruise, and I could totally see the Labadee Haiti uh, Dragon's uh, Breath zip, Dragon's Breath zip line being that exact thing because you're at the top of a mountain, you're suspended in midair, and what you, what you, at one point this was the longest zip line in the world, and that's great. It's important, but more important to me is like the backdrop. You're hundreds of feet above the island. You get a clear blue look at the sky the water and even the ship that you're sailing on 
you set you you, you hit you, you start going on this zip line and you hit speeds of 60 miles an hour you fly by the beach you fly by everyone on it i can only imagine the high that you get from that the combination of the height you're at and the speeds you hit and just the visual aspect of it has to be an absolutely unforgettable feeling i know people who have gone on this and the minute you start asking about it their eyes light up as if they are back there again and they remember it like it was yesterday and it's just it just tells you just you don't they don't have to say anything you just look at them and you see that this was a completely unforgettable experience i have a actually have a buddy that was uh that had done it before and he was also there this past week on harmony of the seat harmony of the seas and he had an absolute blast doing it again it was like the first time all over again and uh that's probably before the crew was talking to him leading up that was probably he was even going on the harmony of the seas and uh that was probably the most thing that he was looking for on the entire trip. Again, this is in Haiti, and it's clearly for people with at least a moderate sense of adventure. I think I would definitely do it. I'm not a rides guy, I'm not a, but I just think for this type of thing, it would be too incredible an experience to pass up. I'd probably be a little anxious sitting in there with my fat ass getting on that zip line, but maybe with the help of a Jim Beam shot or two, or maybe a vodka soda or two, I would get my butt in that chair and I would absolutely not regret it. I, I absolutely want to eventually make my way down to Haiti and take part. And just Haiti in general, like I said, with the Alpine roller coaster and just the um, beautiful beaches and everything and Royal Caribbean, I, it's probably the best private island out there this side of Coco Key from Disney, which is just in, in a level all its own. All right, moving on to the next one. Now, these are in no particular order. I'm just saying these are the top 12. 12 things that I think from whether, and I've done probably if there's 12 of them, I've done probably 10 of them. But uh, if the other two or three or whatever it is, it's just a matter of just hearing about them so much. So number two on my list is the baths in Virgin Gorda. This is an excursion in the British Islands on the island of Tortola. At first glance, you might be tempted to skip this one, despite how people talk about it, because of a few things that surround it. Uh, I definitely was planning on skipping it, but long story short, don't. I got dragged on it. A girl I was cruising with, you know, that was this was her thing. She wanted to do this, and I was really, really kind of trying to convince her. Like, you know, let's blow this off because we had a rough night the night before and you got to be up early for this. So it's expensive. You got to pay a little bit for this. There is a tender ship and it's a lengthy tender ship. And it's re- you know what? You actually wouldn't call this a tender ship. You actually, you know, the boat that is going to take you to this is a little bit better than a tender. And it's an enjoyable ride and it pulls up right to the ship. So you had if you went on land, you'd have to take a boat out to this island anyway. It's Virgin Gorda off Tortola and you'd have to do it anyway. So. That's actually probably an advantage, the fact that the vessel that takes you to the excursion picks you up so you don't have to do a tender to the island and then re, you know, re-get trans- transported to the actual island of Virgin Gorda as well. I don't know why it's called Virgin Gorda. It sounds like a, a fat chick who's never had any action, but I don't know what it means, but that's what they call it. So it's uh, it's, it's about 45 minutes to get there. It takes a while, and then you have a bus ride. That's about another 20 minutes. But once you get there, it is completely and totally breathtaking. I wouldn't call it strenuous, but there is a decent hike to get down to the baths baths, through a tropical woodsy rocky terrain. There is a path so you don't have to trudge through like hostile jungle and forest or anything. But it is fairly long and it is kind of rocky and there's wood and you do have to kind of – it is a trail, but you have to kind of, you know – 
remember, I mean, it's the Caribbean, so you're hot as hell anyway. Even though it may not be the most strenuous thing, you have to remember the humidity and everything. You may or may not have been up gambling till 3 a.m., so fully hydrate. (laughs) And anyway, you get down that rocky path, and yeah, it's rocky. I had sandals on, and for me, the sandals were fine, but I would maybe recommend water shoes. You'd probably be a little bit more comfortable in those, but you can't wear regular shoes because once you get down there, you're going to get wet. Uh, Then you enter the baths, which I'm sure you've seen pictures of them or versions of them at other exotic locations. They're basically like a pile of giant rocks, you know, that are naturally jagged, put together. And this creates a lot of cave-like open spaces and areas that you can walk through, mostly blocking out the sun. But in certain peaks and areas and cracks, you get a full beam of sunlight that will shine through. Um, It's never completely dark. And sometimes you're walking through sand, and sometimes you're walking through water, sometimes you're climbing over the rock and under the rock, and it's a truly beautiful, unique experience. And then after you experience the baths, you open up, it opens up to this pristine beach, which is absolutely breathtaking, and it's up there with some of the nicest beaches I've ever seen in the Caribbean. Or you can go hit the area where you kind of enter at the mouth of the whole experience, where you kind of hike back up, and when you hike back up, For some reason, the hike back seems way, way longer than the hike there. But uh, you get to a gift shop, and you'll get to like a little bit of a pool bar and an area where you can order some food, like a restaurant-type thing. And that whole facility overlooks this beautiful view of valleys and mountains and stuff like that. Neighbor, You could see the water. You could see neighboring islands around it. And it's just an astonishing, picturesque piece of just a beautiful landscaping that I just don't recommend you miss baths in Virgin Gorda if you are uh, calling in uh, Tortola. All right, moving on to number three, the shelf in Grand Turk. I didn't necessarily know, and a lot of times the best things are what you don't realize you're getting into. I didn't realize that I was doing this excursion. I was, uh, you know, just figured I was doing a run-of-the-mill snorkel. It was called the Ultimate Snorkel Experience in Grand Turk. And the first stop was a beautiful reef where we saw tons of fish and the divers were very hands-on. So, I mean, the people running the excursion were diving and they were very hands-on. So they had this method where they can dive down. And if you've been to Grand Turk on this excursion, you know what I'm talking about. This one guy who basically swims and holds his breath like a friggin' fish, dives deep, not deep, but like maybe 15 feet And he's able to, I guess, pull a nurse shark that's like resting in an area. He pulls it out there, a little mini shark, and he feeds this shark. And in an instant, he's feeding it and kind of like navigating where the shark goes based on where he's laying the food. And this is an amazing thing to watch. And it's just really enjoyable. And bottom line is you're swimming with a shark for a few minutes. But then you get back on the boat and you go to another snorkel location. And it is called the shelf. And what you do is you dive in. And at one point, it's similar to like the last area. You see a reef and you see, you know, fish and everything like that. But then you swim over a little bit and immediately you see abyss. So you see the ocean floor, the sea floor, and then immediately a shelf into just abyss. It goes from 12 feet to about 7,000 feet in about one shelf and it's really the idea of it is very freaky because you're just literally swimming at the top of it you're like literally at the top of it and if you just you just imagine all sorts of things you get sucked under or something but but it's seven you're you're on the water with your you know you're snorkeling so you have your um, life preserver or whatever it is and you're just looking down you would think by sound it sounds scary 
but it is very peaceful and you don't feel afraid and you feel very safe and you know you swim out over that wall so i was swimming out over that wall and it's really really cool to swim out over that wall look down you see nothing but you know eventually it just it just fades it's like looking out into the great wide open you just see nothing eventually and you see nothing but water but then you look back and you dive down a little bit and you see that wall and that shelf you could stare back at it and it's really really cool uh i definitely recommend hitting up the shelf just because me and my buddy still went and we still talk to this day about it being one of the coolest things we've ever seen at sea all right cool moving on uh four is a day trip to St. John on the island of St. Thomas. So St. Thomas we talked about before as far as what they're going what's going on as far as what how they're trying to improve the port, which I think needs very little to no improvement whatsoever if you ask me. But uh, one of the most popular things to do in the Caribbean is while you're on St. Thomas to take a day trip. It's a ferry over to St. John and you know if you listen to the last episode you heard Doug Parker mention this as well, that uh, it's one of his favorite things to do in the Caribbean as a whole, if not his favorite thing to do. You get off the ship in St. Thomas nice and early, and you go to St. John. Uh, you're ultimately taking part of this type of excursion and understanding that it's a beach day. But apparently, I've never done it. It's, it's apparently the ultimate beach day. When you talk about a beach that is flat-out, breathtakingly beautiful— this is the one. You need to take a ferry over, like I said, from St. Thomas. The ferries leave from Red Hook, which is a town near St. Thomas in St. Thomas that has been doing some really, really great things in terms of like gastropubs and next level foodie type stuff and craft cocktails. And it's a very, very popular area of St. Thomas that's I guess you might say up and coming. I mean, everybody knows about it now. I didn't start hearing about it till a couple of years ago, but apparently maybe I missed the boat. But Land-based vacationers spend a lot of time in Red Hook, too. You get away from, I mean, it's still touristy as hell, but you're not necessarily, you know, a lot of the cruise passengers don't make their way all the way over to Red Hook, on, um, you know, for the most part. Uh, great place over there to enjoy some, you know, some drinks and a bite to eat before or after your trip to St. John. The most popular place to go in St. John is called Trunk Bay, and that uh, regularly regularly appears on most of the big lists for best beaches in the world. But also, don't sleep on the less crowded options, which are which are Frank Bay, Cinnamon Cinnamon Beach, Jumbie Bay, Maho Bay Beach. Not to be confused with Maho Beach and St. Martin, which spoiler alert, we'll talk about that very soon. If you're into wildlife and if you're into national parks as well, the island of St. John is, uh, there has a there is a beautiful national park. It actually takes up most of the island and there's some beautiful trails you can hike. There's a lot of ruins you could check out. There's some uh, really nice bars and restaurants on the island, like right near, I guess what it is, is... Um, uh, cruise Bay, which is what you sail into on Saint on Saint John. There's also, interestingly enough, a, a pizza place on you know, in, it literally that's in the middle of the water between Saint Thomas and Saint John. It's called Pizza Pie Pi, a boat that sits in the water and just makes pizza. Not that you'll have a boat at your disposal, but if you can find someone who does, they can fire you out and you can kind of just get you know a drive-through pizza on a boat, which is a really cool thing to me. All right, moving on from St. John back to St. Thomas. What I like to do, and a lot of you may have heard this story already, and I'll give it to you again just briefly. I'll try to go fast, but it is the mountaintop bar crawl in St. Thomas, and it's something we discovered by accident. A group of us were on a cruise, and we had, actually, ironically enough, a excursion planned to go to St. John. We skipped that. 
And since then, I've never been there because of the fact that I can't break myself away from this routine. And what I do, like I said, I get off the ship nice and early. I walk over to a place that I've fallen in love with over the years called Badass Coffee because I love iced coffee. And this particular place is uh, delicious. It's uh, Hawaii. It's based out of Hawaii, and they do the whole thing where they give you the ice cubes that are made of coffee as well. Real, real strong. And after a, you know a long night out, you know you're waking up again. Like I said, I start the day in the gym, so I'm feeling pretty good because I just sweated it out. But then I just hit myself with this burst of caffeine, and I'm absolutely ready to take on the day by myself. Still, start walking around Haven Side a little bit, checking things out. End up in a bar, whether maybe it's Senior Frogs, maybe it's Hooters, maybe it's whatever, any of the places that are over there. And I start having some drinks. And then I know my crew is going to kind of wake up at around 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock. They're going to make their way over. I wait for them. And then when we're all together, I pick out a safari taxi guy. And I say to the guy, hey, what's up, buddy? We got some money. We want to basically hire you to kind of be our tour guide, house 20 bucks a head, and usually there's some negotiation. We've got it for as low as 15 I had to overpay that one time with Miss Kay, like I talked about, because of just it was late in the day. But you can do this and get it done. Don't pay more than $20, $25. If it's, you know, what you weigh the market, you tell them you want to hear the sound system because there's just, that's important. It's an important part of it. You want to have them blasting the island music. And uh, you got your, we got a little bit of a buzz going from doing some damage in whatever bar we were at. Typically it's Hooters, having a good time, you know, enjoying ourselves. Then we just get on one of those safari taxis and we tell them, we want you to take us to every top of every mountain. We want to have photo ops. We want to take pictures. There's gift shops at every single one. There's banana daiquiri bars at a bunch of them. And then there's one main one called Mountaintop. Huge gift shop and a huge bar and one of the most beautiful, most picturesque areas outside at the back where you can look over and just basically observe the entire U.S. Virgin Islands. It's really, really gorgeous. But it's just kind of like it's an adventure because you're you're, you're driving up the mountains and these people know the ins and the outs so maybe they're driving crazy and it's reckless and we're all in danger or maybe they're just that they just know what they're doing that well but you know we're getting hit with branches on the way here and not really but you know you're flying through these the roughage and the tropical rainforest and you're spinning around corners and you're driving almost directly uphill on dirt roads you know and it's just you have the reggae music bumping and you everybody with us we're all on the same page we're just looking at each other, we're just vibing, we're just, all of us are in that moment where we're just loving life, and you'll kind of drive uphill, and you'll see a bunch of houses, and it'll look like a little bit run down, and there's questionable neighborhoods, and this and that, and you know, a lot of forestry, and you won't be able to see, and then out of nowhere, you'll hit a clearing, and then boom, you're hitting, the, you're hitting front and center with something that just doesn't even look real, I mean, it's just so beautiful. And then, you know, we walk around the gift shops a little bit and we get a couple of photos. And then, you know, depending on the driver you get, they'll take you on to certain areas. Sometimes they'll take you. I mean, one time we went with Miss Kay, the guy was like, he took us here. All right, get a quick picture here. Just be quick here, though. He didn't tell us why. All of a sudden, this guy is building. He's like, what are you doing here, buddy? And I'm like, uh, they just took us here. I'm taking pictures. Uh, this is uh, my land. I don't want you to get hurt and then I get sued. I just, you know, this is private property. No offense. He wasn't yelling at us, but he was just making us aware that we were not in a tourist area. This was not a, a sanctioned observation deck. This was his own private property. But then either way, and after that, we just do that for like maybe two hours and then we end up at a beach somewhere and just end up in the water, whether it's, you know, Megan's Bay or Cokie Beach or some of these other places. I wonder if I could work in two for the next trip. We booked, by the way, we booked again. We booked a... Uh, I told you the carnival 
Magic in uh, uh, in March of next year, and that's going to have St. Thomas. I wonder if we can squeeze in a St. John trip and a mountaintop crawl. That would be interesting. Again, you guys all know that I do run the risk, and I'm not afraid to risk missing the ship in St. Thomas for whatever reason. you got to know one of these times it's going to happen, unfortunately. But that is it. And then we end up back on the ship, and we usually end up back at Senior Frogs for a, for a, for a uh, port cap, as you might say, and have a couple of drinks. And we really, really, depending upon how, uh, I guess, inebriated we get, it is a very, very close call as whether or not we're going to make the ship or not. And that is my routine in St. Thomas. And honestly, I think you should try it. I think you should try it. Just do it exactly how I said to do it, though. Have a couple of drinks first. If you're the adventurous type, let them take you. Just tell them, I want to see all the observation decks, same mountaintop, say like there's three or four, right? And then they'll know what you're talking about. And then just end up on a beach and then end up in Senior Frogs. You'll love it. I promise you that. All right, moving on. Maho Beach in St. Martin. Uh, this is also called Airplane Beach, and I think this is something you have to do once. Now, if you love it, keep doing it. If it was, yeah, you know what? Still, you got to do it once. You have to feel what it's like to kind of be in that uh, airport beach where, you know, you see those planes coming in and you do get a feel like, where the hell is this thing going to land? This thing is going to land in my lap. And then you just see this beast of a plane just fly right by you and then there's an airport right behind you and it's just it's 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 a spectacle it's an adventure it's really really cool to see a bunch of them some people just swear by it the problem is it is very crowded there and then the same thing with the bar there what is it called sunset bar and grill it's right there as well it's also very crowded so that's why i say maybe if you love it keep doing it but at least try to do it once uh we all know about the well-documented incident where the woman lost her life there a few weeks ago uh trying to hold on to the fence uh, because that's like a thrill seeker thing where you hold on to the fence and subject yourself to the jet exhaust that comes out and it kind of has the ability if you don't hold on tight enough it can clearly blow you across the beach and what happened to this woman is that she couldn't hold on tight enough and she got blown onto the street and hit a uh, concrete divider Another awful story, speaking of just cruising things, kind of happening in bunches. Forgot about that one, but that was another awful story. But again, I kind of like we did a whole thing on that where, you know, if that's not what you should be doing, if you're 59 years old and you're not in great condition, maybe you should skip that, you know? I don't know. So no no point in uh, pouring, pouring salt on wounds. Unfortunate, unfortunate situation. The woman probably had a family and, and and probably a lot of loved ones, and we really, really feel bad about that. But, again, I recommend going to Maho Beach at least one once. At least the cab fare, the cab ride is long, but I'll also say this, like I've repeated before in the past, getting there is half the fun, particularly. It's not the same on St. Thomas, but on St. Saint, Saint Martin. When you're on St. Martin, the it's definitely more of that uh, easy-as-you-go, you know, free-and-easy feel. The cab drivers are very, very proud of their island. They're very, very appreciative of you as a tourist. They want to talk. You get them talking. Just get them talking a little bit about, hey, how much are those yachts over there? Or, yeah, this is really nice. What is that beach? What's the name of that bridge? What's the name of that beach? You get them talking, They will, you won't be able to shut them up. And a cab ride turns into an actual tour, and getting there is half the fun. Uh, while Mahu is a Maho Beach is a must do at some point, I also recommend uh, just kind of staying on St. Martin Orient Beach as well. Orient Beach is that 
I mean, a lot of people will tell you it is up there with the top three beaches they have ever laid eyes on. It also is another one that's in the top ten as far as when people if people do those documentaries on best beaches. Orient Beach is completely picturesque. Be uh, mindful, it is a nude beach. There is a nude side to it. Again, it's not weird. Everybody gets giggled and all giggles and all immature. Oh, nude beach, nude beach. It's not like that. It's just you don't even really notice it. It's just this really, really relaxing place. And every once in a while, you might catch some man ass or, you know, some, you know, some it's not even a sexual thing at all in any way there's women the topless woman will turn over and put sunscreen on and oh big deal you know what whatever but just you don't even you don't even really pay attention to that because you just you're you're just focusing on just how peaceful and how beautiful the beach is they do have water sports available there it's a rough place to jet ski i'll tell you that because I don't know, for some reason, the water's a little choppy. It's not the best as far as the surf. It's a little choppy, and you don't really get to get that accelerated. We, me and my friend Joe, we were trying, and we barely were able to get over 30 because it's kind of like, you know, and it doesn't seem like it when you're looking at it. It just seems like a beautiful, you know, calm water. You see some, you know, you see some white water here and there. You see some, but, you know, you don't realize till you're actually in it and jet skiing in it that it is kind of choppy, and it's hard to get some real, real speed going, but. Still beautiful, nevertheless, and uh, I say my Mahu is Maho is the must do there. Eventually, find your way to Orient Beach as well, and uh, that's that's pretty much you know the main excursions that I would say I can't miss as it pertains to St. Martin. All right, number seven. I think you got to do Atlantis. Everybody goes to Nassau. Everybody bitches about Nassau. But aside from Nassau, a 10 minutes away in a very, very short air-conditioned bus ride is uh, Atlantis, which is a very expensive but definitely worth it, All uh, I guess, all-encompassing resort. And I'm going to say all-inclusive because, you know, you're a cruise passenger and you're not really I – don't, I don't know if they do all-inclusive there. And if you do – I wouldn't recommend it because if drinking and eating all day is your is your issue and just getting some beach in, I wouldn't recommend going to Atlantis because it's just there's so much more to it than that, and you're gonna pay for as such. Uh, you guys know how many. One thing you should know about Nassau is know how many ships will be in port. Atlantis is a land-based resort that just happens to have. So people are going to Atlantis and they're flying to Atlantis. It just so happens that cruise ships stop there and they pop in. And, you know, I don't know what the percentage is, land-based versus cruises, but I think it's more on the land-based because clearly it's more land, more on the land-based side of it because those are the people that are occupying the rooms for the overnights and the week-long vacations. See, it's crowded already. So if you have any plan on skipping Atlantis, if you've been there and done that or whatever and you're thinking about whether you're on the fence, find out how many cruise ships are there because if there's five cruise ships in port, which sometimes Nassau has, you may, if you're on the fence, skip it. If you've never been to Atlantis and you really want to see it, screw it. Who cares? You wait a little while, it's a little more crowded, no big deal. But if you're on the fence and all things are equal and there's a lot of cruise ships uh, porting in there, porting there today, that day, don't do it because you're gonna. It's gonna be a little bit more crowded than than you want it to be. What you should know about Atlantis is the aquarium. You have to walk through that aquarium because it is absolutely world class. You start at the beginning, as you walk through the as you walk through the fish, just get more and more impressive as you go. By the end of it, you're seeing these giant sharks, giant stingrays that are like three times the size of human beings. I don't know. Is there whales? I don't know if there's whales. I just know this huge fish that they're in tanks how is there fish in tanks and yeah they got plenty of room i mean sometimes you wonder i freak out because you wonder if the glass breaks i mean 
All of a sudden, some, uh, I don't know, a rock hits the glass and a shark hits the freaking crack and all of a sudden it opens up and you're filled with water and all these freaking monstrous animals. I mean, that would, (laughs) that just takes you several steps down in the food chain really, really fast. Uh, Also, the water slides, state of the art. there's a ton of these water slides, and it's like almost like a Mayan ruins theme to the water slides. And, I mean, some of them, is, you know, I wouldn't get on some of them. They're scary. I'm Like I said, I'm not a rides guy. Some of them I would do. My favorite of all is the hop-on, hop-off Lazy River. It is a lazy river, and, yes, it is boring, but at some point it gets a little fun, and there's some white water, and it bounces you around a little bit, and uh, it's a great time. So definitely consider Atlantis as one of the top excursions, one of the crown jewel excursions in the Caribbean as a whole. Uh, Moving on, Duns River Falls in Ocho Rios, Jamaica. Uh, You can consider Duns River Falls to be an excursion if you're doing it Falmouth too, maybe even Montego Bay too, even though that's a little bit of a trip. But this is definitely the most popular cruise excursion on the island of Jamaica. Uh, You start on a beach at the base of the falls, and then you begin to ascend – you you go up the, the you go up by foot um, up the falls against the flowing water as it comes down. It seems like a cool thing to do because you're kind of doing it as a team. Uh, some of the more treacherous points, you join hands with your fellow expeditioners and you create sort of a human chain to work your way through the more treacherous areas of the falls. You definitely need water shoes for this. They will gladly rent you or sell you them on the side while you get on, and uh, you have to look at it. Do some research, check it out on YouTube, and even when you're there, look at it and really assess whether or not you are physically up for this thing. I don't think it's necessarily you got to be a star athlete or like an adventurous to do it, but if you do have any disabilities or any health concerns or if you are a little bit, um, I don't know, I don't want to say overweight because I'm definitely overweight, but I would do this thing no problem. I could pop up the freaking hill, no problem. If you're athletic, if you're athletically overweight, it's, it's okay. Uh, if you're... I guess morbidly obese, I would probably maybe sit this one out. No offense. But uh, it is probably the crown jewel excursion of all of Jamaica. I talked to Doug. Doug has done this, and I put a last-minute call into him to see uh, if there was any other things that he would say about this. And he just says, you know, really the only negative thing about it is when you get to the top, you're kind of steered through a certain area where it makes it very, very difficult to avoid a lot of the vendors. And as we all know, the reputation about the vendors uh, precedes itself on the island of Jamaica, and they are very aggressive. And again, what do we talk about when we're talking about aggressive vendors? You smile. Uh, try not to make eye contact. But if you make eye contact and they're just not to, if they're not. If they're staring you down and want that eye contact, look them directly in the eye, smile, be polite and firm, and say, no, thank you. That's it, and you're not going to have a problem. They prey on the people who feel bad and get caught up and don't want to be rude. You're not being rude. You're saying you're smiling. You're being courteous. You're saying no, thank you, firmly, and you're smiling when you say it, and you continue to walk, and they will move on to someone who is – a little less sure of themselves than you, unfortunately, but that's the way you kind of get out of that. All right, moving on. Number nine, Stingray City in Grand Cayman. This is one of the crown jewels as well. You don't hear, you can't hear enough about this stuff. When you're on a, when you're calling in Grand Cayman, everybody's telling you, you got to do Stingray City. You got to do Stingray City. So you have to, first of all, the problem is you have to, uh, you have to, uh, 
Tinder, Tinder. <laughs> said Tinder, Tinder, Tinder. What's the difference? So you have to Tinder in uh, Grand Cayman. So you have to go to the mainland and you have to take either a boat or a jet ski about a half a mile off the island. And there's a sandbar. So you're in deep ocean water. And then it actually gets shallow again because you're hitting a sandbar and you could actually get off your vessel and actually stand on it and more than likely you'll see multiple people whether it's private tours or public tours or excursions or just people out there that go there and pick their spot and you get off your vessel and you have a close encounter with actual stingrays you're able to pet them you can feed them just have an interaction that you otherwise wouldn't get whatsoever uh, just by being able to go to this place called stingray city which is in essence a sandbar apparently they're very friendly and apparently that this is this is not at all dangerous uh pour a little out for uh steve Irwin, but i can't help but think of him every time i think of stingrays i'm sure there's no danger they say oh no you know he got in trouble because he was behind it and there's a flap that has to come up for the stinger to come out and actually do how the hell do i know that that flap isn't going to come out you know what i mean i'm just i i'm not convinced having said all that i would do it i'm not pro- Stu didn't want to do it last time he was like screw that i'm not trusting those animals i wouldn't do it i'm like i i play the law of averages if several thousands of people go there every single day every single year you don't hear about every, any incidents despite what you might think or what you you're probably safe and i would do it i would definitely do it but you know what I'm not hell-bent on doing that, but again, I'm not necessarily talking about what I'm hell-bent on. I'm just out here talking about what the most popular and the most talked about and the most seemingly enjoyed excursions in the Caribbean are. And Stingray City in Grand Cayman is right up on that list. Moving down, this is one that lost a little bit of traction. It seemed like maybe five or six years ago, this was on every itinerary. It seems like it went away a little bit, and I don't necessarily know the reason why, but I will say it did happen. The Bio Bay in the Port of San Juan, Puerto Rico. This is definitely something I want to do too. I haven't done this one, but I want. I, I, I think it would be absolutely magical. Port uh, San Juan is a port where, for whatever reason, anytime I found myself in San Juan, I don't know. I feel like it's a little bit of a later port. Like I, I've always, I, it's not like it's nothing for you to get back onto the ship in darkness in San Juan. And maybe that's because you, maybe coming from New York all those years, you get there later or whatever it is. But you know, you definitely that's the caveat to this. You have to be doing it during dusk. You have to be doing it during a time where you know there's, there's you can see the the fish light up that you're kayaking over because in the daytime you you know clearly obviously won't be able to see them. So. You want to do a little bit dust. It doesn't have to be pitch black and nightfall, but, you know, the sun's going down. You have a little bit better view of what's going on, and then you kind of, I guess, when you kayak through this body of water, these fish light up, and it is really, really popular and really, really, like, back in its day. I don't know what happened. Maybe a lot of the... Uh, a lot of the cruise lines were having a lot of complaints about it because it was inconsistent whether or not you would see the fish or it was inconsistent whether or not you'd get the right lighting while you're out there. So maybe that's why they stepped away from it. But if you are, and I'm adventurous, I would do this in a heartbeat. If you are calling in San Juan and you do see you have maybe that 3 o'clock to 10 o'clock, 3 p.m. to 10 p.m. Uh, itinerary there, there's tons and tons of private companies that you can get and again you got to have a little balls for this because you know you're going off god forbid you're going off the uh you know the actual cruise sanctioned excursions but you know you talk to the people you find out you read some reviews you find out you tell them you're very very 
uh, insistent on them that you have to be back by the ship and give yourself, you know, two hours. But do it. Go check out the bio bay that is in San Juan. I absolutely am looking forward to doing that. Um, also, I dialed up my buddy uh, Sherry from Cruise Tips TV, and I asked for some advice uh, because I think that no trip to Mexico, like Maho Beach. If you're gonna go to Mexico, if you're gonna go to Ma- uh, Saint Martin, you gotta eventually see Maho Beach. If you're gonna go to the Yucatan or Cozumel or Progreso or uh, <clears throat> Costa Maya, you gotta eventually see the ruins and the cenotes that are unique to that geographical region of the world. So, uh, I asked Sherry, and her advice to me was just tell tell you guys that Tulum. If you're cruising into Cozumel, Tulum is the best route to go for that so you check out the ruins in Tulum and uh you know you spend the day you can get a tour you could do do probably do it yourself I know you can get an ATV and kind of explore on your own or you can have a guided tour I know there's a lot of cenotes in that area and a cenote is basically something that I absolutely I'm a hundred percent doing that on one of these upcoming cruises that uh I'm doing back to back in September slash October. I am absolutely seeing a cenote because I mean that just looks like a tropical, looks like a Gilligan's Island type of pit where it's just, I mean, almost like a lagoon that leads into caves, and you're under this fresh body of water that is basically made by rainfall shooting through the porous, uh, I guess, rock or limestone or whatever you want to call it. I, I might have just made that up, but whatever the Whatever the caves and the and the terrain is made of, it's so porous it allows a lot of rainwater to seep through, and that creates this rainwater to collect and create these fresh cenotes. And between the ruins, I'm really really excited about seeing the ruins and finding a cenote. But doing that in Tulum, in the on a Western Caribbean itinerary in the Cozumel, Yucatan, Mexico area is definitely a must do as well. All right, so then moving on to the last one that I did from personal experience. You don't hear a lot about this one. You don't hear a lot about this cruise port, uh, obviously, but I did it. I took part in it, and it was one of the best times I've ever had, and I wasn't even there on a cruise, to be honest with you. I was there on my own on a land weekend getaway, and I did this, and you can clearly do it on, on off a cruise. It's this uh, – on the way I did it, and just kind of give them a plug, is uh excursion company called Fury. Uh, and they have jet skis. They have a d- bunch of different things you could do. I think you can kayak. You can take a boat trip. You can do fishing trips. It's called Fury at a Key West. And what they had was the ultimate jet ski experience. And what I did was it was a guided tour. And it was really, really cool because it was about six or seven. I'm going to say seven of us on the tour. And these jet skis were high powered. And what you do is get a guided tour around the entire island of Key West. And that was freaking awesome for me because before you get on, they tell you, all right, so I got lucky enough to be the anchor. So <clears throat> they told me that that uh, all you need to do, and you fly on these things. That's what I was worried about. A tour on a jet ski, what do you do? Like just kind of drive around at a slow speed? No, you actively like floor it to certain destinations in a line and then once you all, once one person gets there, you all kind of stop at that destination. You get a tour. He speaks to you about what you're looking at and what you're seeing. And then you move on and get in a line. And you basically are staying a football field behind your next person. So they tell you to just stay in a straight line, but keep your distance about 100 yards behind the next person. And you do, and you do like five stops. And it's just a really, really cool feeling to be flying through the uh, – you know, the, the the Gulf of Mexico, and all of a sudden you go onto a bridge, 
and you're on the Atlantic Ocean, and you go all the way around Key West, back across the what the whatever divides the Atlantic and the Gulf of Mexico again, and you're back in the Gulf of Mexico. You're just hitting two great bodies of water, and you're hitting them both going around this whole island. And Key West is just as a whole is awesome. All this fresh seafood. It's a huge party town with the whole Duval crawl. You know, you could see the sunrise and sunset. It's a world class sunset. Mallory Square is a place where it's like legendary. They have a ceremony every night. They have a ceremony when the sun sets, and there's street vendors and street performers and man do I love Key West I went like maybe 18 years ago whether it sucked then or I didn't have the right appreciation for it I'm not sure but I didn't get the enjoyment out of it uh, as much as the weekend I spent there a little bit over a year ago an absolute amazing time in Key West and I do recommend that amazing uh, fully encompassing a circular tour around the island on a jet ski that's guided from these guys these guys are really cool too they you know, you go for a swim too. You hop off the jet ski. You could swim for a while. An amazing, amazing excursion. So let's just recap real fast. And you know, if you want to write these down, I hundred percent say that you know these should all be on your bucket list. First one is Labadee, Haiti, the zip line, the Dragon's Breath. Second one is the Baths of Virgin Gorda. Definitely check those out. Number three, uh, the Shelf in Grand Turk. That is a snorkeling thing. Uh, four is a day trip to St. John on St. Thomas. Number five is my self-manufactured excursion, which is the mountaintop bar crawl and gift shop crawl on St. Thomas. Number six is Maho Beach on St. Martin slash Orient Beach slash uh, cab ride slash tour guide. Uh, number seven is definitely doing Atlantis in the Bahamas, world class aquarium, world class water park, and beautiful beaches. Uh, number eight is Duns River Falls, Ocho Rios. Make sure you're in shape enough to do that. Number nine is Stingray City, Grand Cayman. Don't worry, it's perfectly safe. Number 10 is the Bio Bay. Watch those fish light up around dusk. Just make sure you're going to be there when the sun's going down in San Juan. 11, do not leave the Yucatan Peninsula of Mexico without at least checking out some sort of ruins of Tulum or a, or a, or a Grand Cenote. Uh, and number 12, you get to ride on around on a jet ski at full speed around the entire island of Key West, thus seeing two large great bodies of water, the Gulf of Mexico and the Atlantic Ocean. And that's it for the show topic today. Now let's get into the emails. By the way, as always, guys, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. You guys just heard my opinion on what the top 12 overall excursions are in the Caribbean. I'd love to hear yours. I know this is going to be a thing where, are you kidding me? You got to try this. This is better than all of them. Oh, that thing, I did that. That sucked. Of course that's going to happen, and that's what I want to happen. That's what I love. Let us know in the Always Be Booked Cruisers Lounge on Facebook in that group, as well as, like I said, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. All right, so we're going to get into some emails right now. Here we go. Hi, Tommy. Hope everything is good in your neck of the woods in Florida. Keep up the great work with your podcasts and can't wait to hear what your next endeavors may be in the future. After taking eight cruises, my wife and I decided to on a land-based vacation for a week in Cancun. 
We were undecided on what we were going to do two weeks ago for a vacation as cruise prices were just ridiculous and flights on top of that would not have made financial sense. Uh, So we looked at Mexico and lo and behold, I found a five-star resort in Cancun for $1,100 a person. You can't beat that for the price. We stayed at the Rio Peninsula Palace in Cancun, which is about a 30-minute cab ride from the airport. My wife and I honestly just wanted to lay on the beach for a week, and it was great. My wife and I had a blast eating and drinking and going to Coco Bongo a couple of nights, but that's where it ends. The entertainment sucked, and honestly... I've seen my fair share of Michael Jackson theme nights, and they are all the same. It felt good and weird not having to swipe my room key for every drink, but we missed the cruise life, and looks like that was our last time going to an all-inclusive for a very long time. That's my summary on vacationing of my vacation a couple of weeks ago. See you out on the high seas, my friend. Carlos. Carlos. There you go. That's what I'm talking about, Carlos. I don't knock the hustle. Go out there. Check it out. Flirt with the all-inclusives. Flirt with the land-based resorts. Do what you got to do. Go on an expedition, whatever. I really think all roads lead back to cruising. And again, I don't care what anybody particularly does. You have the right to do what you want to do. But as Carlos sees, you know, he went out there. He tested the waters. He liked it. He had a good time. He doesn't have any real complaints other than that he's got to sit through Michael Jackson shows again. But at the same time, he realizes that the sea is the place for him and, uh, Congratulations, Carl. Carlos, you wouldn't have known unless you tried. And I'm sure, you know, you're a young guy, probably, you'll probably do a bunch of other vacations. And you know what? Maybe down the road you will try another one a few years down the road. Maybe you get a little sick of cruising five, ten years. But it sounds to me like, you know what? Carlos proved probably what I didn't know, but I suspected. Cruising is the way to go in every way, shape, or form. Simplicity, uh, financially, uh, the sense of adventure you get, going from place to place, being kind of all in it together with your fellow cruisers, and you know, just having all things, all your entertainment within a within one vessel. That's three football fields long and built to entertain you along that whole way. That's just to me. That's why I cruise. I don't know. Oh, by the way, I can go to St. Thomas. Oh, where am I going to wake up tomorrow? St. Martin, Grand Turk, Cozumel. That's, I mean, I don't know. I want to try to go to Nashville. That's one thing I want to definitely do. I want to get to Nashville for a week or so or a weekend, maybe back to Vegas at some point. Can't rip myself away from these cruises, guys. If I have three to five days, seven days, eight days of free time, the first thing I'm doing is booking a cruise, and that's just the way it is, man. I don't know. If, I don't know. I know people judge it, but I just I don't know. Me and I'm assuming a lot of you too. I'm just a cruise freak, man. I'm not afraid to. Uh, I'm not afraid to admit it. All right, moving on. Uh, welcome back, by the way, Carlos, and thanks for the email, Tommy. I've been listening to your show for the past few months. And I wanted to say thank you and keep up the good work. It's been both very informative and entertaining. By the way, the audio for your podcast has been of good quality and consistent. I guess that was a a mention because someone had questioned whether or not the audio was uh, loud enough. Somebody said it wasn't loud enough, and I guess I appreciate the response on that. While waiting for our upcoming cruises, many of us like to watch webcams located in various ports. This has been a great way to help pass time while the anticipation builds for the next cruise. Some webcams are fixed and only show one particular view, while others seem to have moments or times when they pan and zoom looking at different areas. I was wondering if you know any webcams that are 
more active or inclusive in their view of the surrounding areas than others. This could be in the U.S., Caribbean, anywhere else. I guess what I'm wondering is, do you know what ports or locations might have the best webcams? In a couple of weeks, we hope to try out some of your suggestions that you mentioned earlier in Orlando and in Port Canaveral while we embark on another Carnival cruise. Thanks again and keep the podcast coming. Looking forward to more in-depth port and ship reviews. You're right. And that's Chris from Philadelphia. Chris, thank you. Chris is right. We've been away from the uh, port and the uh, ship profiles. The reason why, I'm not going to lie to you, it's just they are very prep intensive. I have to really kind of get into it and really do a lot of research. And because of the situation that I will lay out eventually in some sort of a podcast somewhere, I just have not had the time. But we're getting back to your original question about the webcams. Uh, I don't know. I've done the same thing as you, and I just kind of like know that there are webcams out there. And there's a really cool one out of New York that is based in Jersey, and it shoots basic basically at Pier. What is it? Pier 61, whatever it's called over there. And they do. They have a good view of a lot of the ships that are going out. And yes, the the. I guess it's motion censored, so when the cruise ship moves, it goes with it, and it kind of follows the ship out to sea. And I'm going to be honest with you, though, Chris, I don't know. I don't know what any of the web addresses are. I've never found any of them that I like that I've kind of been loyal to. Same thing with uh, ports, like who, what ships are going to be in port, because a lot of times I like to know what other ships are going to be in port. What I do every time honestly, is just do a blind search. And then I find out what's something, and I never remember it after I'm done with it, but then when I go to look at it again, I just search it again. And that's really all I do. I'm sorry that I don't have a better answer for you, uh, but that is my answer. I just kind of search until I find something that I think looks good. That's a perfect, perfect opportunity, ladies and gentlemen. If you have some of your favorite webcams to watch uh, for for ports, Eat Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com and let's help Chris out a little bit. Another thing I do is I go on the Shipmate app and I look at the cruise ship webcams, but they are not necessarily, I don't really find any of those that really have running video. Usually it's a picture that just updates every 15, 20, 30 seconds or whatever. But uh, again, I'm sorry I didn't have a better answer for you, but yes, I know they're out there and I've done the same thing. I've I've, I've kind of like when I'm bored at work and I'm like, oh, I'm going to be on the gem in two weeks. What's the gem up to right now? And you look at it, you see it pulling out a port and you're like, yeah, I'm going to be on that in two weeks and I can't wait. And you know, it doesn't... Seems like a little. There's a little bit of a shut-in aspect to it, but again, I'm not judging you because I do the same damn thing. Uh, sometimes, you know, like you said, to pass the time. Sometimes you're at work, and uh, you know, you get the itch. Where's my ship at? Let's take a look at it. And same way. That's why we all we are we are cruise nerds, and I don't give a crap who thinks what about it. Um, all right, moving on. Next thing. Hey, Tommy, how's things? While well, I'm still loving the show, and you asked for feedback, so here goes. First, stop apologizing for being politically incorrect. People need to get over stuff. Uh, You're probably right about that. I need to stop apologizing. If you don't know that I'm a little politically incorrect sometimes, then, you know, it is not the show for you. Uh, As others have said it, it would be good if you could branch out a bit more from the Caribbean. The shows like the Panama Canal episode you did was really well-researched, even though you hadn't been there. So maybe you could put your talents uh, to other parts of the other parts of the world. Uh, so he's saying basically uh, delve into the Mediterranean and Alaska, but do it from a standpoint of research. Interesting, interesting, interesting uh, suggestion. Uh, moving on, he continues, I enjoy the news section a lot and love the way you present the show overall. 
Lastly, Tommy, mate, you've got to stop with the music between segments. It just isn't working. Sorry if that sounds harsh, but I'm just keeping it real. Anyway, love the show. Keep up the good work. Phil. Phil. No, thank you for the feedback. I don't think that that's too harsh at all. Uh, it's directly what I ask for. I or directly ask for feedback. Now, I'll respond. I don't know how, like, a 10-second snippet. Maybe it's just done. It sounds like crap, right? I don't know. Let me ask you guys. Let me put that out there to you guys. You guys know when I do the whole kind of, like, transition from one segment to the other. I want to have a little bit of, like, a bumper. You know what I mean? Something that kind of signifies that I'm going from one section of the show to the other. So what I've been doing, as you know, if you hear the show, putting in little maybe 10 to 12 second clips of a song or whatever whatever comes up that seems to fit in that area has a quick little intro and an outro that i can kind of get through with it does it is it clunky does it not really fit you guys let me know i'm not taking it personally that's what i'm trying to talk about guys i want you guys to tell me phil you might be on your own with this phil everybody say what is he talking about you know it sounds it sounds good we like it It, uh, or at the very least we're indifferent about it we don't but maybe some of you agree with phil and you think you know what it's kind of like it sounds a little forced Sounds like you're trying to give some production value that you that you're kind of trying to push that isn't really there, and I'm guessing that's probably Phil what you mean by that. But I would love to throw that out there to you guys. You guys, let me know the little snippets of music between segments. Is that kind of working or is it kind of corny? Let me know. Again, that's about it for this week, guys. I thank you again so much for listening. Please, I need the emails, guys. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. While you're at work, just send me a quick email. Tell me where you're going. Ask a question. Throw some out there. Something out there. Like like I like I just said with with Phil. And the same thing with Chris. Both two emails that I put back on you. I want to know. Do you guys know any uh, port cams that will kind of give you a good view, crystal clear view, moving view of ships coming in and out? And let me know if my music between segments sucks and has to go. Thanks again for listening, guys. You guys are the best. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Don't forget, check out the uh the the always be booked cruisers lounge ask to join and don't forget don't miss that last episode we did with um with uh with with doug uh for cruise radio that was the previous episode right before this if you're listening to this and you missed that one definitely go back and check that out because doug was kind enough to be on the show and his opinions his advice his uh tips that he has that he throws around and his just overall insight is very very beneficial and you should not miss out oh by the way I do have to say, the damn cruise dudes, I'm sorry. I just still, again, I'm just not in a point where my life, I've been struggling to get this thing out, and I'm just not in a point where I could sit down and kind of like really kind of get into the sea wind as much as I want to. Like I said to you guys, I've glanced through it. I've looked at it. It is slick as hell. You could tell immediately that these guys have worked real, real hard on this magazine, and I know as much because I know they got a lot of guest people. Come. Some of the superstars are in there. You got uh, Sherry from Cruise Tips TV. She does an article in there. And some other people weigh in, and uh, you know you should support that. It's uh, you could find it. Uh, um, what is it? It's um, uh, Sea Wind Magazine, and you can find it on iTunes. And scroll through it, check it out, check out the articles. And uh, you know those guys are a good podcast they put out every couple of weeks. And uh, a great way to support them is to kind of subscribe to that. Check it out on iTunes again. Sea Wind Magazine from the Cruise Dudes. Uh, I look forward to really getting a chance to be able to get into it and read it and kind of get it and scour it cover to cover. 
and then maybe having the cruise dudes on the show or maybe popping on their show or whatever. But um, I definitely want to get to that. I just have to say I have not been able to yet, and I'm looking forward to that very, very soon. Again, we've said a lot. Thank you guys so much. Tommy at LBSBBook.com. Subscribe, listen, follow, whatever, all that crap. Thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week. There's a place where the boat leaves from and takes away I love your big problems You could worries, you could drive them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Take one part sand, one part sea And one part shade of a nine-nine tree And the drinks are cold and the reggae is hot And I know this is the place for me Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away I love your big problems You could worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves Jimmy Good island somewhere Well, all ride the boats and don't grab your coat You won't need it where we are going Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away a love your big problems You could worry, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat